Hey listeners, I'm Christina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Grim Girls. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, it's it's been forever. It has it has been a minute. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of been on a little hiatus. We've had a lot going on in both of our lives lately, so we uh, took a little break. We were I felt like we were really like pushing shit out, mm-hmm. just left and right. And I think we kind of burnt ourselves out in that. I mean, along with the rest of the crap we have going on in our lives. Yeah, but we are back at it and ready to give you some grim stories. And yeah. I know that we got two that are... I know mine's going to be dark. Mine is really bad. Mine's, mine's bad, man. This is, I Honestly, I think that's another reason I we haven't done this. Because I've been more than willing to push this case off. Because mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. And it's going to be really hard to talk about. And there's going to be some trigger warnings. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> well... As dark as it might be, I'm excited to hear. I'm. This is this is our first stories that neither yeah. of us know what we're talking about. Yeah, neither one of us knows each other's cases, even though Amanda tried to cheat, and I kind of gave. I did not. <laughs> she, she spilt the beans to me in like five words. I, I kind I know ish about what it's about, but I don't know the story. I you just re- know yeah, you really don't know the story. It's crazy. Yeah, I just know. The victim is a she. Yeah. And now they do, too. It's a victim. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so let's start this episode. We're going to talk about um, the fact that uh, we have an update on the Sofia Juarez case. I know I'm a little late on this, but last week, um, the Kennewick Police Department did put out that they confirmed through DNA evidence that the girl in the TikTok video is not Sophia. I just had to say... That I read that update. Mm -hmm. And it is bizarre because if you see that picture side by side with the adult in the picture of Sophia when she was little, they have the same facial structure. They are very similar. It it, it was crazy to know that it, it was not her. And yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't I don't know how you could get a fake DNA, but that's just I don't know. I don't I don't think they got fake DNA. I think no. it's not her. I just I now I worry because they keep finding bones around and obviously nothing has been confirmed to be Sophia yet, but I feel like it's only a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many places you can kind of hide a body around here. Yeah. So she could literally be anywhere. It just, it gives, it kind of takes that hope away. But hopefully she is somewhere and she doesn't know what happened to her past and she is living a decent life. I mean, uh, we could hope. That is, I feel like, hey, I'm trying to think a fairy positive. tale. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so we're going to uh, talk about the case that I actually mentioned in the Sophia Juarez episode of a uh, oh. certain killer. Okay, now I'm remembering a little bit. Mm-hmm. So That's why the name is familiar. In the Sofia Juarez case, they investigated the family members of a killer. They suspected maybe his brothers had something to do with it, and the mother mm-hmm. of uh, this guy refused to let investigators search their property, which, mm-hmm. is to me, that was suspicious. Yeah. I do feel like his mom, just based on everything I've read, is pretty upset with the, uh, the police department and judicial system because of what happened to her son. So that could have been a factor. I, I know I said, like, fuck her and all that in it, but I guess I should take it back because 
I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah. We're going to get into it, though. And well, now, now I'm intrigued because, you know... You can draw your own conclusions. I, I just think she's delusional, is all. Mm. And considering some of the things that are talked about that happen within the family, I do think the police should have investigated the property, personally. But we'll talk more about that later. Okay. Um, you might have to remind me, though. <laughs> I mean, I'll try to Because I didn't add that to my notes. That's just, like, stuff I looked up. It's in my head. I got so sick of going back and forth over information. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I've gone through this case so much that I have most of it memorized. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, let's go ahead and get started um, and talk about this case. Let's go. I'm ready. So, first... Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Um, the name... I thought I was pronouncing it right. I, I don't know. I don't know if it really matters, but uh, we looked up how to say it. So we're going to talk about Jeremy Sagastigui, um, and I looked up how to pronounce it, and it was kind of funny, and now my Google is being retarded. Oh, yeah. We had to have you guys listen to it. Yeah, but now it doesn't... It, like, it's telling me, oh, congratulations, you are one of 100 users we've selected. Oh gosh, don't click that. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to go back, but it's being a piece of shit. There. It should still be on here. Oh, go back. God damn it. You know what? I cannot work technology for shit today. I'm not gonna As lie. You know. Like Christina's having having a having a little bit of some technical difficulties this morning. I really am. It's she just needs to suck down that coffee. I do, but it's still <laughs> warm. The ice is not doing it. Like I didn't put enough ice in it. Okay, I I found it. So Jeremy Sagastagui, and this is Sagastagui. You're saying it wrong. Sagas, sa- saga Stigwi. See, it keeps having this pop-up come up. Because you're clicking it. I go back. Fuck me. This is pissing me off. <laughs> okay. Try it again. Okay, listen, folks. Listen to this shit. Sagia Stigwi. Sagia Stigwi. Sag- it will- Sagia Stigwi. Sagia Stigwi. Sagia Stigwi. Oh my god. Sagiestigui. Nothing but pop-ups. My phone has a virus. Sagiestigui. Anyway, I guess that's how I'll say it. Sagiestigui. I'm probably going to butcher it, and it's probably not even... Maybe we should just... It, let's just say Jeremy. Well, that's what I do most of it, is pronounce okay. it, it. But his last name does come up. So, um, let's go ahead and talk about this shit. I don't want to, but we're going to have to. It, it, it does need to be talked about. Now, this is the murder... I don't even know how to say this. This murder, this is a murder. This is a murder. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about a heinous crime that happened in Finley in 1995. Oh my gosh, I was just a wee little pup then. Mm Mm-hmm. So, this episode is going to need some serious trigger warnings. Um, Today, this case involves the worst crime I personally feel someone can do. The worst. It'll be really hard for me to talk about. Um, it'll be really hard for you to listen to, um, but we're going to get through this together because it's, it's an important case to tell. Um, and also I will mention the triggers just ahead of time, just so if you're not comfortable listening to certain subjects, you don't need to listen to this episode. So I knew I would come across this case at some point, but how I came about it is kind of a story in itself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, ever since I've known my husband, he's always mentioned this house that he remembered from his childhood that he remembered, like, driving by, seeing this house, and knowing that this crazy murder happened there. 
And I always thought it was interesting, but he didn't really have any memory of what actually happened. He just knew the house and where it was. Like, every time we'd go out to Finley, we'd pass this house, and he would point it out. That's the house! That's the house! Oh. Yeah. So... Well, now we're going to have to make a trip to Finley. <sighs> I want to see the house. Technically, I don't think it's even in Finley anymore. It's, like, right on the border of Kennewick. But I don't want to give too much away, because I don't want anyone to, to find the house. Mm. But, yeah. Anyways. Um... So he didn't actually know what happened because he was a young kid. Um, he just pointed it out a few times as we drove by. And most recently, the last time we drove by it, I had my podcast. Mm. So we were driving that direction, um, dropping the kids off um, at my mom's house. And we drove past the house and he pointed it out. Well, I was like, well, let me let me look at this address and type it in Google and see if I can find out what happened here. Yeah. So that's what I did. I Googled it. And, um, it popped up. Huh. The, yeah, and it's funny because the address is not listed in any of the court documents that popped up, but the case popped up when I typed in the address. Oh. Yeah, so that was, was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, then I found what happened. I, I was like, all right, this happened in 1995, and he's like, yep, that's, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I told him everything. I was, and we were on the way to, like, a date night. We were going out with a couple friends, and, uh, I told him everything, and then it kind of ruined our night. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> I mean, at least throughout the drive, we started drinking later, and we forgot about it, but, um, throughout the drive, it was, like, really fucking, like, depressing, and just, I felt sick. Oh. It was bad. So, unfortunately, now you're gonna find out about it. Um, but it was kind of crazy, um... I was, he was shocked when I told him what I found. He was like, I had no idea it was that. So, it, it's crazy. Um, we need to tell this story. It's crazy because this happened here in the Tri-Cities. So, it's, it's, it's a bad one. It's going to be triggering. And if you're uncomfortable hearing about, this is the trigger. It's, uh, there's going to be a rape involving a very young child. Aww. So no, no, I don't even want to listen to I know, that. and if you're uncomfortable with that, you don't have a choice, but our listeners do. You don't need to listen to this, because it is very, very triggering and disgusting what happens here. Okay, first of all, did something bad happen to this Jeremy guy in the end? Like, did he get sentenced? I don't want to say it. Okay, because that's going to be the only thing... <laughs> That's going to help me get through this if the bastard got what he deserved, which, uh, honestly, if it was it's honestly, that bad to a little kid, he didn't get what he deserved. It's very interesting how this case unfolds, I will say. Okay. It's, it's, I don't know if I want to say satisfying, though. <sighs> I, it, it just depends on how you feel about things. We'll, we'll get into it. So, we're going to begin the story talking about the asshole Jeremy. Unfortunately, there's, you know, not a lot of uh, information on the victims' lives before this tragedy happened. I think that's a huge uh, thing with reporting crimes that happen. They always leave out the lives of the victims, and it fucking drives me nuts. Mm -hmm. Because I have no way of accessing anything about them and their lives, who they are as Mm -hmm. a person. And I feel like that's important. I want to know about the victims and how special they were. Yeah. I feel like all of Because we're not bringing the killer to life. No, but unfortunately we are, because that's all the information we have is on fucking killer. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so let's start talking about him. 
Uh, Jeremy Sagastagui was born on November 1st, 1970. Now, Jeremy, he didn't want to talk about his childhood when the detectives tried to talk to him later on. He said he wanted to keep that to himself. (laughs) But his family members... there's a red flag. uh, His family members did come forward, and they had affidavits and telling what they knew in hopes to shed some sort of reason for why he ends up doing what he does. I don't think it's an excuse at all, but it's interesting. I can't, like, I don't know what's going on, but I have, like, all this, like, saliva in my mouth, and I'm choking. It's it's probably because your coffee. That, and I I have allergies right now, so uh, please excuse me. Now, so we're going to talk about what his family said about his childhood, basically. Now, according to family members... Jeremy was repeatedly raped by family members and neighbors. Oh my gosh. According to his cousin, who he was really close with, they were both molested throughout their childhood, and they both just pretended it never happened. The cousin said that every male they encountered as children molested them. Well, that's disgusting. Yeah. Another cousin said that there were a lot of pedophiles in their family, and the kids just learned to stay away from the male relatives, but Jeremy was an easy target because he never learned to fight back. According to Jeremy's mother, she said that Jeremy was a child of rape and that she hated being pregnant with Jeremy and used to hit her stomach and tell her unborn child how much she hated him. Why? Because she was raped, and that's how she got pregnant with him, and she hated him. Oh, so Jeremy was a raped child. Yeah. His mother also says that he got sick with a high fever as an infant and had seizures. He developed severe headaches as a child, and by the time he was 13, a cousin recalled that he stopped going to school, started smoking pot, and was hanging out with the bums at Columbia Park. Hmm. By the time he reached his 20s, his behavior was becoming increasingly bizarre. He seemed to have several personalities, each with a different name, such as Adam and Chi-Chi, according to his mom. Interesting. I wonder if Chi-Chi's the one that did this. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just like, what? This? I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, so three months before this tragedy that we're going to talk about happens, he was temporarily committed for mental treatment, but he didn't stay. A doctor told um, the mom that her son was schizophrenic and extremely manic depressive. Je- Jeremy... Ugh, I'm really struggling today, guys. Jeremy also had some prior convictions before everything happened, including using force against another in 1991 and in 1995, disturbing the peace in 1995, driving with a suspended license in 1995, and also resisting arrest in 1995. This is the same year. Wow. That he... So 1995 was a very triggery year for him. It was. There was a lot, and I don't know why this mofo wasn't in jail. I, I don't... I don't know. Well, going back on our past cases, even the most recent ones, the justice system failed the previous red flags. Yeah, they. I know it was worse back then. So now we're going to get into the details of what this thing, because that's all he is, is a fucking thing, um, what he did. And also, I'm going to repeat myself, high, high trigger warning. Because we're going to get into it, and it's going to get really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is what this is what happened. God damn it, Oliver. <laughs> uh, 
Um, I'm gonna, yeah. No, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. We're, we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna keep going. Um, just know that you might hear <laughs> yeah. some kiddos in the background. <laughs> yeah, my my youngest is. So we're recording in a closet right now. <laughs> and my son's out in my bedroom, just a wall away, playing with his cars. So we're in the closet together. <laughs> yeah, we're we're both in the closet. Oh man! All right. Okay, now back to the darkness. Yeah, let's go. We needed that, honestly. We needed a little bit of lightness before we get real fucked up here. On the night of November 18th in 1995, Jeremy was babysitting for a friend. Somebody let this fucker babysit? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's, ugh. Earlier that day, apparently Jeremy called his roommate and asked if he could bring the kids over, but the roommate declined, so Jeremy ended up staying at... Melissa, that's who he was babysitting for at her house. Um, Melissa Serbacher is her name. And so he uh, just stayed at her house instead of going to his place. This was just a later detail that was provided. And I just, it doesn't mean much, but I felt like I should include it. And this is in the timeline where I fit it in. Mm -hmm. So I figured it's it's mentionable. Yeah. That he did that. So, Melissa Serbacher was going out with her friends, and um, one of those friends was Lisa Vera Avicito. Jeremy was babysitting Melissa's three-year-old son, Keevan Serbacher, and two-year-old Tiana Serbacher. So, Jeremy came over, and he helped Melissa put the kids to bed right before she left for a night out. Now, later that night, on November 19th, early morning, detectives were dispatched to the residence in Finley after receiving a call from a neighbor. Not sure what this neighbor told them, but he clearly heard or saw something. Mm-hmm. What they found when they arrived was unimaginable. I have goosebumps right now, and you haven't even told me what happened. It's going to get worse. So when the te- <laughs> I don't even know how to tell this right now. When the detectives got to the house, they found Lisa's body lying outside of the house with a gunshot wound. She was deceased. And Lisa's the friend. The friend. Okay. One of her friends that she was out with. They then walked inside, and then they found Melissa Serbacher's body lying in the living room with two gunshot wounds. She was also deceased. Okay. (laughs) Then they walked into the bedroom of two-year-old Tiana and they found her standing in the crib, unharmed. <laughs> oh my gosh! Why did you do that to me? I know. <sighs> she was fine. <laughs> she, oh the two-year-old God. girl was good. I could cry right now. <laughs> that was a lot of emotion I built know. up. <laughs> um, but now we're going to get dark again. Oh. I'm sorry to do this to you. When they walked into the master bedroom, they found... Three-year-old Keevan's lifeless body lying on the bed, wrapped in a green terry cloth cloth towel, and he was bluish in color. Mm. Now, when they were examining the scene, this is where I don't want to talk. The deputies observed a large bloody butcher knife next to Keevan's body. They also found a jar of petroleum jelly on the bed. Mm. A later examination of Keevan's corpse... With a forensic light, disclosed three small droplets on the inner thigh. An examination of the substance in the jar with the forensic light revealed that it luminesced with the same manner as did the droplets discovered on the child's body. 
Within a bathtub in a bedroom located near the master bedroom, the investigating deputies found water and toys and blood stains on the side of the tub. So now we're going to rewind and we're going to go back to what actually happened. The story of how everything unfolded and led to this. Okay. I know it's hard. I'm just over here, like, covering my face. I Talking about it, like, I felt like a lump in my throat. Like, I didn't want to say it. Yeah. I can can hear it in your voice. That was really hard for me to do. Um, Reading about it fucked me up. Saying it out loud is a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did not like that. Okay. And I have not said it out loud up until this point. Like, my eyes are tearing up. (laughs) Okay. So, now, like I said, we're going to rewind. And we're going to go backwards to everything that happened. And this is all according to Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Um, And just based on everything we learn later, I don't think Jeremy lied. According to the evidence and what he said, everything kind of lined up. This Mm -hmm. is what happened. Okay. So... Prepare yourself. Again, This is, it was already rough there, but we're going to get into more details, so it's going to continue to be rough. Mm-hmm. According to Jeremy Sagastagoy, Keevan woke up later that evening, and he was screaming and yelling for his mother. Jeremy said that he told Keevan to shut up, and when he did not do so, he grabbed him, shoved his head into a pillow. Jeremy was unclear about the sequence of events that occurred thereafter. Although he said he stabbed Keevan and raped him anally using a jar of Vaseline in the process, he did not recall which act he committed first. (laughs) Sorry. Jeremy went on to say that after stabbing Keevan, he put the child into the bathtub to make sure he was dead. He then wrapped Keevan in a towel, as Jeremy said, so his guts wouldn't spill out all over the place. Oh my god. He then threw him onto the bed. Uh, Jeremy told the detectives that when he got the rifle, he then got a rifle from a bedroom and checked to see if it was loaded. While waiting for Melissa to come home, he became angry because she knew he was nuts already and asked him to babysit these kids. That's what Jeremy said. He admitted that his plan was to shoot Melissa when she walked through the door. Jeremy said that when Melissa entered the residence, he pointed the rifle at her And he described her reaction saying, she's asking me what I'm doing and that. And then she walks by like she's, you know, nothing. So it sounds like she walked in, saw him. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, whatever, weirdo. I don't know. That's just what I Mm -hmm. I get off of it. Um, Jeremy then told detectives um, that the rifle didn't work the first time he tried to shoot Melissa with it. Which caused him to be more amazed now than mad, according to him, because she didn't run or anything. He, like, tried to shoot it, and she didn't even run, according to him. Hmm. Which, that's weird. Yeah. It was very weird. Um, he pulled the trigger again, and this time it worked, causing Melissa to fall back. Then Lisa Vera Avacito, her friend, entered the doorway of Melissa's residence, And then he shot her, too, causing her to fall backwards, landing outside of the house. Jeremy told the detectives that he wished Lisa had not shown up, but that she was there and she saw him, so he shot her. Mm -hmm. Jeremy said that he had to shoot Melissa twice because she was still alive. 
He noted that she was screaming and there was terror in her eyes. He thought the terror was more from her fear of what happened to her kids. And he said, you have to give her credit for that. Clearly, he did not like her. Obviously. I'm just going to say this right now. If you know somebody is fucking crazy, don't let them watch your children. Yeah. I don't know where... I wish I knew more about that situation ship, but yeah. I don't. I don't trust anybody to babysit my children to be... Oh, I, I know. I have, I have a very small, like, three people that I would leave my kids with. <laughs> Same. Same. Um, Gosh, this is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Jeremy said that after he shot Melissa, he got up out of his chair and asked her how it felt and saw that she was already dead. He then went outside and asked Lisa the same question and saw that all she was doing was gurgling. So he wanted to know, like, how it felt to be, like, He's sick. He's fucking sick. So when he saw that she was gurgling, he then told her to hurry up and die or something. Oh my gosh. He's a monster. Jeremy told the detectives that he then took the rifle, got into uh, Melissa's Black Ranger truck, and drove to his house. Upon arriving home, he hid the rifle under the couch, and then he went to bed. The detectives questioned Jeremy about why he committed these crimes, and he responded that Melissa was the worst mother in the world. He said that Keevan had been showing signs of being molested, and he was now going to grow up to be a molester and that he was a bad kid anyway. And he told the detectives that the child didn't deserve to die, but he had no supervision and was probably going to grow up to be a murderer. He then went on to state that Lisa's death was a mistake. He indicated that the day following the murders, he didn't realize what he did until he saw on the news. Maybe because, you know, you want to block things out that are bad, is what he said. <sighs> it makes me mad jeremy acknowledged that it was kind of a thrill to watch melissa die but that killing the baby was sick when asked about molesting keevan jeremy said no in fact i wasn't even sexually aroused i just started beating on the kid i wanted to snap his neck i kept twisting it and twisting it throwing him around and i'm i wasn't even sexually aroused then I figured maybe I was getting off to this, so I tried messing around with him, and it wouldn't work, so eventually I did, you know, but I don't think, you know, I was out to molest the kid in the first place. I think, you know, it was just, he said, he, I don't know what I did, it was sick. I mean, it was a different feeling than what I got from the mother, but the mother actually, he said he smiled thinking about what he did to the mother, and he almost got off on it. Wow. How old was Keevan? Three. Oh, that just makes me sick. You know, I have children that age. I just, I don't buy this, mm -hmm. what he's saying. I don't buy it. The whole thing about molesting Keevan and how he didn't get off on it. Yeah. They found droplets. You did get off on it, you motherfucker. Yeah. And he's trying to say that Keevan is going to grow up to be some bad kid. And to me, when you were reading that, it was playing in my head that he is thinking of himself. Yeah. He was sexually assaulted and abused at that young age, and he's growing up to be some fucking psychopath. I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, he probably saw himself in him. Yeah. That's I crazy. Think, I think that's... Yeah. 
That's, that's it's oh, it's just it makes everything in me want to curl up and mm. just oh. So um, he also added that it felt good and that he started thinking about going to food pavilion with the rifle and just start shooting people. But he was a little tired, so he went to bed. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So what a rough night he had. <laughs> Oh, I hate this case. I hate this case. I think after these two cases, we're going to have to do, like, some more haunted stuff to, like, kind of... You know, it's funny. Freshen I, up. <laughs> yes, we do. And I, I started a case, another case, because the first one my husband wasn't happy with, for the disturbing segment, and mm-hmm. it's just as fucking dark. <laughs> it's just as bad. Like, God damn it, I can't. I had a fun one, and he didn't like it. It makes me sad. Dang it. <laughs> All right, so near the interview with Jeremy, the, t- the detectives asked him if there was anything he wanted to add. He answered that he felt sorry for his mother and that he wanted the detectives to tell her before she heard it on the news. About the girl's mom? No, his mom. Oh, his own his mom. His own mom, yeah. All right, so now we're going to get into what happens after the court's shit. This better fucking be good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. So, he pled insanity. That's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing he pled insanity. Is the guy fucking psychotic? We already know that. You're going to be surprised, I think. Okay, well. You're going to be a little surprised. Tell me. All right. So, at a preliminary hearing held in Benton County Superior Court on November 21st in 1995, Jeremy indicated that he did not want to be represented by legal counsel. Hmm. After questioning Jeremy about his level of education and his familiarity with the legal system, the judge presiding, proceeding, I don't know how to say it, at the hearing appointed counsel to assist him. So on November 22nd, Jeremy was formally charged with three counts of aggravated murder in the first degree in count one of the information in which the state claimed that Sagastui Jeremy caused the death of Keevan with premeditated pre I cannot talk premeditated intent. Mm-hmm. The alleged aggravating circumstances was that there was more than one victim and the murders were part of a common scheme or plan in counts two and three, in which it claimed that he premeditated premeditatedly caused the death of Melissa Serbacher. Count two and Lisa Vera Avicito, count three. Two aggravating circumstances were alleged. One, that there was more than one victim and the murders were part of a common scheme or plan. And two, that he committed the murders to con- of uh, Melissa and Lisa to conceal commission of the murder of Keevan. At his arraignment on December 1st in 1995... He, Jeremy, reiterated his desire to represent himself. Despite expressing concerns about his request, the trial court indicated that Jeremy could represent himself, and consequently it changed the status of uh, his defense counsel to standby. A lot of court shit here. I skipped over a lot just because it's uh, Mm -hmm. too much. My brain can't do it. So the the prosecuting attorney gave oral notice at the hearing that the statutory 30-day period in which the state had to decide whether it would seek the death penalty in the case had commenced. So mm-hmm. they're, they're looking to find the death penalty for this mofo. So now the court and the judge strongly advised Jeremy against representing himself because they're putting the death penalty on him. 
They try to explain that the death penalty is on the table here, and they will give him a representative, and it would greatly make a difference for him in doing so with everything that they had against him. But he refused, and he did not want any legal counsel. And so I'm just going to read what the judge said to him about this. He said, I must advise you that in my opinion, you would be far better defended by a trained lawyer than by yourself. I think it unwise for you to represent yourself. You are not familiar with the law. You are not familiar with the court procedure. You are not familiar with the rules of evidence. I would strongly urge you to try not to represent yourself. Mm -hmm. So they really tried to like... To give him that option. Yeah, they were like, no, dude, you're going to fucking go to... You're going to get the death penalty. You're an idiot. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. But They wanted a fair. Yeah, they wanted it to be fair, and they wanted to show that they're doing everything in their power to make it as fair as possible mm-hmm. for him. So on December 29th, the state filed a notice of special sentencing procedure indicating that it intended to seek the death penalty. At a hearing on that day, information was presented to the trial court in the form of a written report and oral testimony, which revealed that Jeremy stopped taking his prescribed medication. He was taking Bacitec for hypertension, Paxil for depression, uh, Pepsid for gastritis, and that he exhibited unusual behavior in the jail. Nevertheless, Sagastoy Jeremy attempted to plead guilty to all three charges, and the judge refused to accept his pleas, saying... In view of the serious nature of these charges, coupled with the fact that there has been some deserving reports concerning um, his emotional condition while incarcerated here at the facility, it's the court's opinion that it's necessary that we determine whether he is competent to actually enter the plea of guilty to three charges now pending. So they, the court ordered him to go um, under a mental examination to assist in determining if he was competent to stand trial, competent to represent himself, and mm-hmm. enter the plea of guilty. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a lot of talking. I mean, just, just, <laughs> I'm like over here like, oh, I'm exhausted. Um, so he objected to the examination, arguing that the trial court had previously determined that he was mentally competent, and the trial court declined to rescind its order, informing him that the new information which was provided raised questions regarding his competency to enter pleas of guilty. So because of the way he was acting, they were like, no, we're going to try this again, buddy. Mm -hmm. So he then underwent a 15-day evaluation at Eastern State Hospital. Upon its completion, he was returned to the trial court. And based on the report of the hospital's so-called sanity commission, the trial court found Sagastoy competent to stand trial, and the commission's report was sealed because Jeremy requested it to be. The 15-day... Yes. Huh. Yeah. So, at a confession... So, he can... You can... If you go through a psych evaluation, you can say, I want this sealed. Yes. Just give the court your opinion, yes or no? Yes. That's interesting. Apparently. I don't know if it's still that way, but that's how it was, and I, I think it is still that way. I'm not... It depends on the circumstances, I think. Well, I feel like this circumstance right here, they should have been able to be like, no, give me that. Yeah, but he was... Yeah. He was very adamant, though, on he didn't want no one. He had a death wish. Mm -hmm. This is what this is. He had a death wish. So, um, 
They had a confession hearing on January 23rd of 96, and they ruled that his confession to the Benton County detectives was voluntary and that the evidence of it, including a tape recording and transcript of the statement, was um, admissible evidence. (sighs) I keep sniffling. (laughs) Uh, It's just so much information. Trial on the charges against uh, Jeremy commenced on January 30th of 96, before the Honorable Carolyn A. Brown. Hmm. I feel like it sounds familiar, like I've heard of this judge. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's the same judge that gave my mom her, uh... <laughs> what is it? Uh... Restraining this... Restraining this Rest- order. Restraining, restraining order. order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At the conclusion of jury selection, uh, Jeremy pleaded, pleaded, I really am a mess right now. It's okay. You've been doing great. He pleaded, I don't feel like I am. You've kept kept me on the edge of my seat. I hope so, because I'm like, oh my God, I can't read anymore. So he pleaded guilty to all three charges of aggravated first degree murder. Prior to accepting the pleas, the trial court went over his statements on plea of guilty with him. A transcript of his recorded statement to the detectives was made part of the record as a factual basis for the guilty plea. So he conceded at the plea hearing that he killed Melissa to conceal the commission of Keevan's murder and that the state could prove without a doubt that he killed Lisa to conceal Keevan's murder as well. And that all three killings were intentional, premeditated, and part of a common scheme or plan. Mm-hmm. Ugh, so much. I am just so tired of talking about this case. You're almost done. I, I'm in the middle. <laughs> I am not. This is so long. Yeah, you're on that page. Oh, I am. Okay. (laughs) Shit. I'm just over it. You thought you were right there. I did. All right. Um, So, during opening statements, um, Jeremy told the jury that he deserved the death penalty and he was not giving any mitigating circumstances. I don't know why that took me a minute to process. He also admitted that committing the murders, and he said to the jury himself, I liked it, I enjoyed it. He declined to present any evidence on his own behalf during closing arguments. He indicated to the jury once again, I did something wrong, I deserve the death penalty, I'm not sorry for what I did, and I don't know how to explain that, but I'm not. That's what he said to the jury. Hmm. He wanted to die. Uh, it sounds like it. He why, did, did, why didn't he just shoot himself that day? That's what I want to know. He's because he wants to get it. He wants to be taken out by somebody else. Maybe he's too he's much a of a coward. Yeah. yeah, I think he's a coward. So the jury returned with an affirmative answer to the question, having in mind the crime of which the defendant has been found guilty. You are convicted beyond a reasonable doubt that there are not sufficient mitigating circumstances to merit leniency. Consistent with the jury's verdict, the trial court sentenced Sagastoy to death. He waived his right to an appeal, and long story short, the court basically tried to get him to appeal and find a way to get around it because they were like, dude, are you mentally competent? Like, you're you're being crazy. So they mm-hmm. did more mental evaluations and stuff. They really went into detail on this. Like, you have the right to an appeal, and he didn't want it. Mm-hmm. He wanted the death penalty. He wanted to die, basically. Yeah. They did very thorough tests on his competency and mental state. 
Um, they wanted to make sure that he wasn't being taken advantage. This was very serious for the courts to do everything in their power to be sure it was all documented. And it was. I read through it. Um, it's just boring as shit, so I didn't include it. Because <laughs> y'all don't want to hear about that. But basically, long story short, it was very repetitive and boring. Skipped over that mumbo-jumbo. But long story short, Jeremy got the death sentence he asked for. Good. An eye for an eye. Um, In this case, he took he took three. Yeah. But the way I see it, he wanted the death sentence, so I feel like he shouldn't have gotten it. Yeah, I mean... That's just how I feel. I mean, yeah, I'm all about motherfuckers getting sentenced to death. It is going to be super interesting when I read my story. Is it? To see how completely like the cases and yet how similar it is really fucking weird it's been twisting my mind while you're reading all this Mm, i'm i'm excited to hear yours because then i can take a break from talking (laughs) my chicken nuggets (laughs) (laughs) but i i i i do understand where what you mean but i'm also glad that he got the life sentence in 1995 he could probably still be alive and he could have gotten out already if they gave him the option to parole i don't think they ever would have paroled this motherfucker i think this guy needed to rot i think so too but i i really wish he could have rotted but anyways we're gonna yeah let's get into the rest yes so we're gonna kind of get to the conclusion of this now thank Mm -hmm. god thank god (laughs) if there was ever a case that justified the imposition of the death penalty this is it Mm-hmm. Not only did Jeremy freely and voluntarily plead guilty to three counts of premeditated murder and concede the existence of two aggravating circumstances, the evidence presented to the jury overwhelmingly established that there are no circumstances that merit leniency. The evidence showed rather that Jeremy premeditatedly and viciously assaulted, raped, and murdered a defenseless three-year-old boy who was in his care, and then in a seemingly casual manner snuffed out the life of the child's mother and the mother's friend simply because they might identify him. Fortunately, this act actively apparently caused Jeremy to feel fatigued or he might have continued to wreck his form of mayhem on the food pavilion. Mm-hmm. What's food pavilion? What was food pavilion? A grocery say? store. Oh, do we have that still? Mm, Is it the red apple? Uh, I can't remember, but I I don't think there is one anymore. I don't know where it... I don't remember what it is now. I'm wondering if it's the But red I apple. remember there being a food pavilion. Oh, it's just interesting. I'm, the history always gets to me. And I, I might have to go look that one up. Yeah. While one might question Jeremy's decision to decline counsel at trial and on review and to waive his general appeal, the defendant has the right to make these decisions if he's competent and fully informed. So that's why they really went through everything because... If he's competent and informed, then this is good. This is solid. Fuck him. Go die. I'm wondering why he had a jury if he already pled guilty. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Because in my brother's case, we went to trial because they pled not guilty. I think maybe they were just trying to push for him. Maybe. Or, I mean, that was also 1995 and this was 2020, so... Or 2021. Shit, we're in 2022. Yeah. 
<clears throat> so the record fully supported the trial court's findings that Jeremy was competent and fully informed of his rights to counsel and appeal. That being the case, they had to respect his decision. Mm-hmm. This would have had to have been a very tricky case. I think so, and it was. There was a lot of information, but it was just so much to process and mm-hmm. and dumb down to tell in the easiest way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we're going to skip ahead. All that happened. He was sentenced. We're going to skip to his execution now. Okay. Because I'm beyond ready to be done with Jeremy Segus to goy. Motherfucker. <laughs> we're never gonna we're never gonna say this name again. No, I don't ever wanna say it again. I don't ever wanna Ooh. Well you have another page to read, so after that we won't say it again. <laughs> <laughs> One more page. <laughs> Alright, let's get to the the good goods. On October thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight, Jeremy Sagastagoy had his last meal while on death row at Walla Walla State Penitentiary. For his last meal, he had pizza, french fries, and jellied fruit salad. What a last meal. I wouldn't be eating that. Fuck Me that. either. So the family members of his victims were present, and they watched as Jeremy was put to death by lethal injection. He had no last words. So I got another little tidbit that I got about the victims being there. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. Uh, the victims. The victims' family. Yeah. The victims' relatives said that they grew agitated as they waited in the prison for the execution time to draw near. It was tense in that room, said Candy Myers. That's the mother of Melissa Sarbacher and the grandmother of Keevan. You watch the clock tick and tick. People are pacing. She intended to take pictures of the victims in the viewing area so she could hold them up to the glass for Sagastagoy to see as he died. And the pr- So he, she wanted to show pictures mm-hmm. of who he killed while he was dying, which I'm like, yes. But the prison officials wouldn't allow it. Wow. Isn't that stupid? Mm-hmm. So family members arrived in the execution chamber viewing area just as the screen opened, revealing Jeremy strapped to the gurney. His head was turned toward them, but he didn't seem to focus. Witnesses said later that they thought he turned because of the sound of the curtain, and witnesses were separated from him by a pane of glass. Jeremy stared at the white ceiling as the buttons were depressed, pumping a lethal dose of chemicals into his veins. After death was pronounced at 12.43 a.m., victims' family members left quietly, comforting each other. Um, Robert, I'm not going to say his last name, he was the father of Lisa. He was very visibly distressed. Several hours later, standing by in the lobby at the Best Western in Walla Walla, he didn't want to talk to a There was a union bulletin reporter that wanted to talk to him. He didn't want to talk to him. Um, One of the witnesses, Casey, uh, she was Melissa's sister. She was only 22. She went up to her room at the Best Western, and she said she drank a shot of whiskey. Um, The mother of Melissa was wide awake, and she was asking if any restaurants were open where she could unwind over coffee and pie. She said, I feel a lot better now that it's done. Finally, I can move on. Um, And uh, Cindy, it's hard to kind of navigate Mm -hmm. who said what. She said that her heart goes out to uh, Jeremy's mom, but she's glad it's over. My daughter and my grandson are finally at peace, she said. Justin, Justin, justice has been served. Um, it's not vindictive. 
it needed to be done for closure for us. Sacastagoy's execution was the third in Washington state since the ban on the death penalty was lifted in 1976, which left 13 men on death row at that point in time. Because he demanded execution, Jeremy was executed less than three years after his crimes. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. Some people wait a long time. And I feel like some of them should. Some wait like 10 years on death row. Now, I didn't really include it in here just because I, I was so over it. But Jeremy's mom really fought for him. Um, she did not want him to be executed. She was pissed that he was basically trying to kill himself. And she was pleading and pleading. She's like, this is what happened in his childhood. He was raped. He went through all this and this and this. She was like, don't kill him. He's mentally, he's got issues. Mm-hmm. She tried really hard to push for his mental state. But everything, you know, had to go based on his wishes. So she lost that battle. I mean, I get it as a mom. So that's why she, I think she was salty about them wanting to check the property for Sophia Juarez. Maybe. Oh. Because he had two brothers living with his his mom. This was years later when Sophia disappeared. So Jeremy was already gone. Yeah, Jeremy's gone. He's dead. He's been executed. Fuck this motherfucker. He needed to go. Mm -hmm. But... Um, but then they came to their property. So when Sophia Juarez went missing, they wanted to search the property because of what Jeremy did. Mm-hmm. And then also this family's kind of fucked up, it sounds like. Fucked up, yeah. Listen. It's fucked up to say that because they're still around here somewhere. Yeah. But. Oh, they definitely got some issues. I mean, they I, admitted that family member, they were all victims of rape, so clearly. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't feel like that's an excuse. We feel, we feel sorry for the child that it happened to, but as a grown-up, you're fucking growing up. Mm-hmm. If get, you're, get the help that you need. Yeah, get the help and don't fucking ruin other people's lives because you're fucked up. Mm-hmm. I think he took that kid because he's seen himself. Yeah, the way it... <sighs> and how does he know that that kid has been molested before? Because he might have done it. That's what I was thinking. Did he There's a lot we don't know about the situation. Oh, well, yeah, what's that relationship that him and Keevan's mom had? Yeah, there's more to it that, you know, they always leave shit out. Oh, yeah. There might have been more to it. It's just fucking disgusting that a three-year-old child had to die. suffered that. And I think it, it made me so sick reading through it because I have a three-year-old. Yeah. A three-year-old boy. I couldn't, and my son's two and a half. I couldn't imagine what that little boy went through. Just... Oh, yeah, just thinking about someone doing that to my child at that point in his life. Any point, obviously, is Mm -hmm. disgusting. But I can relate so much because my child's at the same point Keevan was. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, it made me sick. It made me nauseous. It made me want to turn the car around and go home, go Mm -hmm. pick them up and not even do shit that night and just hold my kids. Yeah. Like, ugh. This world is a disgusting fucking place. The fact that this happened here just blew my mind. That's brutal. It is so, so bad. I just, ooh. I'm, you know. I have to say I'm glad he's dead. I'm glad he's dead, too. But I personally felt like he wanted to die. He only he got was, what he wanted. He did. And that's why I'm not happy. Because he got what he wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should have got what he wanted. But then he could have sat in prison and had three meals a day, a TV to watch, his family putting money on his books, living out probably a better life on the inside than he was on the outside 
I don't know. It's one of those I have mixed feelings about. Like, I know there was a lot of people that protested his death. I actually, I looked up a few. I didn't include it in this because I was like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of people, like, protesting his execution, actually. A lot of people standing up for him. Wow. Um, a lot of people did not want him to be executed. They thought he was... They didn't think he was innocent, but they defended his actions because of what happened to him as a child. And that I don't agree with. So with this case, what happened to him Mm -hmm. should have triggered the detectives to go after the family members who abused him. You would think, but I highly doubt that happened. Because some person... We'll we'll say a girl, for instance, because, you know, some girl says, hey, Joe Blow raped me 15 years ago and they press charges like they you go if they if the girl wants to press charges, she press charges. I don't know if it was like that back then, though, because that whole like he raped me thing started a few years ago. I don't know what to call it. What was it called? There was a word for it. It was a huge thing. A Me Too? The Me Too movement, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so back then, the Me Too was, like, nothing. Like, if you said someone raped you, they didn't give a shit back then. Mm -hmm. Like, in 95, I highly doubt shit would have happened. Nowadays, yes. Back then, when this happened, I don't think anything would have happened. People didn't give a shit back then. Rape wasn't a big deal. It's it's sick. I fucking chop a dick off. I would do more than that. <laughs> you know, it, I was playing Kids Against Maturity last night because, you know, my daughter's 10. <laughs> and so we got the, the kid-friendly version. And one of the cards that were pulled was uh, the creepy uncle. Does she have a creepy uncle? No. Oh, I was like, uh. <laughs> but we were reading it, and Luke and I looked at each other, because, you know, like, growing up, like, we had the creepy uncle. You know, like, we had that person in our family that was off. Mine was just my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so even if it was an uncle, we all had that creepy vibe. So we both look at Nevaeh, and we're like, um, do you have a creepy person? No. Here's a creepy, uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the creepy one in her life. Yeah, Christina's Joe. I'm Paul. <laughs> oh, Paul, that's right. I'm Paul. <laughs> so she looks at me and she's like, no, I don't think so. I'm like, okay, good. Because if anybody was ever to be, like, giving you a weird vibe, you better tell me because I'm going to put a stop to that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's... This world's a sick fucking place. That's why we talk about this shit, because... To bring awareness, for yeah. one. You got to know that these things do happen... And to watch out for the red flags, because if you don't, you could be a victim. Mm-hmm. So if you're aware of your surroundings and you know these stories, you're less likely to be a victim. I was actually just watching a TikTok uh, yesterday and there was a girl, uh, she posted a video and she was telling me, telling the world, not me directly. <laughs> I felt special, but no. Um, she was saying how uh, she was at the movie theater and a kid told her she lost her mom and asked her to help her find her. Sounds sounds innocent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the girl was very insistent on just this girl helping her. No one else. Just her. Just her. And she wanted her to go outside okay. to so, go yeah, look so, for some, her mom. Some red flags, yeah. Yeah. 
And then the lady's like, well, why don't you go to the lobby and ask one of the employees? They would be able to make an announcement and help you better. And she's like, no, no, can you just help me? Can I need you. Come outside with me. Just luring her in. Yeah, and the lady's like, bitch, I watch enough true crime. I say, fuck no. <laughs> so... That would be me, honestly. I don't know. I'm a sucker for kids. I might have been an idiot. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone outside with the little girl on my own. Yeah. No fucking way. I would have been like, um, we're going to go get someone else to mm-hmm. help. Like, I will help you, but we're going to go get other people, too. Yeah. Like, Not by myself. So, yeah. Like, when you're aware that this shit happens, you protect yourself. You're more alert. Yeah, because the lady's like, yeah, I'm not, going, I'm not going out there and getting sex traffic. Yeah. Sorry, kid. <laughs> I would rather be... I would... I would rather have the feeling of distrust in mm-hmm. somebody and then gain their trust at a later date than trust them and then lose my life for it. Exactly. You got to be careful. And people in the Tri-Cities right now, people are fucking wilding right now, man. Okay, so that brings me to Facebook yesterday. Oh, God. Somebody shared a little snippet of an incident in Richland. There was a white Ford, I want to say Taurus, but I can't remember if it was a Taurus. Anyways, a white Ford sedan drove around these young boys, circled back, and asked them if they would help him find his dog. Oh, God. Here we go. Red flag, right? And thankfully, there's this mom watching, you know, and she calls the police, you know, to let them know. They don't do anything. This is what pisses me off. Thankfully, the situation didn't escalate. If it, it could was Pasco, have. those police would have fucked him up. Yeah. <laughs> I love but, Pasco PD. But in situations like this, things don't happen until it's too late. Oh, yeah. That's how it is. And it's like, if people paid attention and this guy, is, like, he gets caught, he's a sex offender mm-hmm. or something. Like, okay, well, this guy just violated his... Um, parole or whatever it is if you're you're not supposed to be within children or whatever Mm -hmm. you know then he gets in trouble now would he stay in jail forever probably not but i mean at least there's a record yeah that he's doing this to get him off the street and people can be more aware like that just pisses me off i strongly encourage everyone to go look up sex offenders that live in your area i have not done it yet myself but i'm i'm gonna give advice to you to okay do it. <laughs> it is fucking sick mm-hmm. i'm afraid i think if that's what it is for me i'm too afraid i did it in west richland and it is disgusting how do you the amount of it? red dots i'm scared how do you look this up I'm <laughs> i can't remember the the site i i googled it how to find sex offenders near me mm-hmm. to find sex there's a specific site addicts <laughs> that's what popped up how to find sex addicts <laughs> how to find sex in the city on hbo max <laughs> area that we're all, like just typing away instead of talking <laughs> um so there's a few things popping up here so these are going to be ads, so you don't want to click those. Uh, I think it's... Neighborhoodparents.com? Pa- um, uh, oh, maybe, maybe it's that, that one. Oh, shit. Registry. So do you just, like, zoom in on your area? Um, I think you just got to click Washington. Washington oh. offender search. I'm about to, like, be fucking scared if I live next to any of them. 
those are requirements. I mean, where I live, I probably do. Oh, public registry. Anyways, once we find, like, this, we'll post it. <laughs> yeah, once we find the accurate website, we'll post it. Because everyone should be in the know of your surroundings and protect yourself, you know? And it's sick, you know? And, and I think if you go on there and you see that your neighbor, Joe Blow, three houses down, is convicted. Now, I do just have to say, not everybody on the sex registry list I know. deserves to be shamed because if it is a sex crime, yes. But I do know that you can get on the sex registry list if you get caught mooning somebody. And I was young and dumb as a teen, too. And I, you know, am oh, guilty Jesus. as charged. Oh, so this just doesn't show a map. No, I just typed in the town I live in. And these are the ones. There's 11. Oh, Benton City? Oh, let me see if I know any. Don't of tell them where I live. Oh, sorry. They all know. <laughs> if you know me, you already know where I live. Not my house though. This is my town. I don't. I hate this place. <gasps> that guy looks familiar. Let me see this. I'm gonna see if any of them. That guy looks familiar. Um. So there's eleven sex offenders in Benton City. If you're uh, from Benton City, because we just looked it up, and there's some high-level motherfuckers here. Mm-hmm. There's several. I level knew threes. about him. He's been here for years. I knew about him. Okay, type in West Richland. Bitch. No, I'm curious. I'm, Bitch. Cu- I'm curious. I don't know how. I don't know what I did. Hold on. Back. Uh, city. And then type. So we're on the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs. Yeah, it's actually oh. iCrimeWatch.net. You know what? Listen to Amanda. Don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah, so. We'll post the link. This really took a left turn with a... Our conversation. Oh, there's, oh, there's only six. Yeah, there's only six. Sex. <laughs> okay. There's six in West Richland. Let me just eat my chicken nuggets. I'm done. I'm done today. Oh my gosh, that one wears a veteran hat and he's a level three. Mm. That makes me sick because every time I every time I see somebody wearing a veteran's hat, I always thank them for their service. Don't not all. Oh, and like he it. he lives on. Van Giesen. You know, as many times I've done it, I have never had anybody. Alright, let's close up this episode. Okay. Yeah, we gotta move on. Well, none of these guys look familiar, so I guess that's good. This one's young. Hmm. What level? Two. Hmm. It'll be interesting to look up more on these uh, things, but... Alright, guys, we're gonna close this episode out. We uh, definitely just straight away here. But... Um, thank you for sticking with us in this episode. This was really hard to talk about for me, um, and I'm sure it was hard for you to listen to. So, thank you. I don't even know how to, like... If you made it all the way through, I applaud you, because that that was tough. Yeah, and then we just kind of went all fucking weird at the end here, so I'm sorry. But And I'm going to apologize in advance, because my story is just is dark. Yeah, we're about to do that, knock that one out, and then, uh, take a little break again (laughs) until next weekend, (laughs) just because it's hard to find time. It Um, is. And I'm going to eat my chicken nuggets, so peace out, bitches. Bye!